0: Welcome, Bobcats, to another edition of From the Field to the Fans. I'm your host, Otis Evogarro,
1: and with me i got sports editor Kisa Ramirez. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. The Washington football team, also known as the Redskins, defeated the Dallas Cowboys Monday night. Overtime, 20-17. Wasn't expecting that at all, considering Dallas is on a roll, Washington isn't. Um, then my other favorite team, the San Antonio Spurs, in their title defense, will play the Dallas Mavericks Tuesday night. A lot of fun there.
0: That was going to be fun for the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, you know, ring ring night. Ring night against Dallas, uh, uh, a rival. And then off you see the Redskins pulling out Monday Night Football win against Dallas. <laughs> Dallas be in Dallas. So uh, that's, that's very interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how uh, the Cowboys respond. It's going to be interesting how to see the Spurs defend um, their title come NBA season. But a team. That we're here to talk about, it's not the Washington Redskins, it's not the Dallas Cowboys, it's not the San Antonio Spurs or Dallas Mavericks, it is the Texas State football team pulling out a big victory against Monroe, uh, moving to 4-3 and three for the season, 2-1 and one in the Sun Belt, um, man, what a big win, down 15-0 at one point in the game, scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter to come back and defeat the Warhawks of Monroe, I mean, Kiesem, you were at the game. Kind
1: of tell me what the mood of the team was like. Halftime, complete mess. You're down 13-0. Uh, first possession, Tyler Jones gets sacked. You're down 15-0. You're looking at a game that's it's getting ahead of you. Um, Rob Lowe talked to us about post game and how David Mayo at halftime down 13 set the team aside. Uh, did a post game sp- uh, halftime speech and was talking about how we've been here before. We've done this. We've beaten Tulsa on the road in triple overtime. Uh, we've beaten Idaho. We can beat Louisiana on the road down 13. And he talked about how the leadership was key in this comeback. And then Fran also noted that the resiliency of this team. Is is considerably more than last year, where they had almost none. So the leadership there from David Mayo, who stepped up, career high 22 tackles, was really pivotal in the in the comeback uh, against Monroe. David Mayo, uh,
0: Sun Belt Conference Defensive Player of the Week. I believe this is the second time gaining uh, the the award. Um, that's that's special. And right now, for me, he's a leading candidate for Defensive Player of the Year in the Sun Belt Conference. No um, I think that that's kind of automatic. But I mean, the Warhawks they come out, score a field goal in the first quarter, field goal and touch in the second uh, in the second quarter third quarter they come out safety by Tyler Jones to gets sacked loss of 10 yards uh, Roblo gets a nice 15 yard touchdown run now the Bobcats are down 15 to 7 Warhawks hit a field goal go 7 18 then in the fourth quarter on fourth and five Terrence Franks gets a big touchdown 40 yard pass from Tyler Jones Tyler Jones converts for the two-point conversion 18 15 then Roblo with 329 left in the fourth quarter scores a 21-yard uh rushing touchdown. I mean, it was it was crazy because it's almost like every anyone watching the game was kind of surprised. You were shocked. You were like, "Whoa. Look I at mean, this, this team. This Do team something. was down 15-0 at one point, you know, and now all of a sudden they they end up pulling up 22-18 and then it it just kind of came out of nowhere and you're just like, "All right. All right, Bobcats."
1: You know, so uh that 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 was that was really interesting to me. Twitter. I was. I joked about it. I was like, you know, someone needs to put this Texas State offense on a milk carton because they were just absent for the first really the first three quarters of this game until they scored with five minutes to go. Um, it dates back to Louisiana Lafayette when they only scored 10 in that game, and they were just absent. The key here was, I think, Rob Lowe's touchdown with five minutes and 49 remaining. Set the tone, gave him some life, gave him some hope heading into the fourth quarter that they had a chance. And then uh, Terrence Frank's touchdown, fourth and five. Team was really in big play. Um, it, it just You look at the team, and you're watching it, and I was like, I didn't think they had a chance at all. Um, a big key to me was C.J. Best. They started using him more in the offense. He had 104 total yards in the game, uh, a lot of really good chemistry on the read option. He was the fulcrum of that read option offense. And it really, Louisiana Monroe, great run defense, but they were not able to, you know, beat him sideline to sideline, which is what, his, what he does best. And that little, the little it, it, putting him in the offense in that role was well, it, it was a long time coming. And you see Best really comfortable, Jones was really comfortable, and the offense just took to another level. I believe Monroe coming into the matchup um,
0: best rushing defense in the conference. Yeah. I think they were giving up just a, a little they, bit they over 100. They a
1: season high 229 rushing yards, thing. right?
0: And they and they were giving up only a little bit north of 150, I believe. Yeah. And so um, Texas State able to get 229 yards. Rob Lowe, 17 carries, 91 yards, two scores. CJ Best, six carries, 86 yards. Uh, Tyler Jones, 17, 36. Terrence Franks, six carries for 16 yards. But Terrence Franks in receptions, two receptions for 68 yards. Um, that was pivotal, obviously. the a 40-yard touchdown, uh, putting them back in the game, get, keeping the momentum up for Texas State. Um, ben Isha, two receptions for 18 yards. Um, so not so much in the air because Tyler Jones, 14 of 20, 141 yards, a 7.1 average per completion and a touchdown. Um, he did enough. He did enough. And I believe in your, in your quick five, one of the questions that uh, we replaced actually, which was was if, if a quarterback needs to be um, – if Tyler Jones has to be good in order for the Texas State Bobcats to win. And I know we talked about it, and I believe you also agreed with me that no, he doesn't. You know, the, other, the, the, the rest of the team has to step up, like David Mims getting an interception, um, you know, uh, Roblo stepping in on the rushing attack, people just helping out Tyler Jones, playing together. Because on the road, it's hard to play well. You know, it's it's really hard to play well, hostile environments. You know, you're not comfortable. It's not your regular settings. And sometimes your quarterback's not going to play that well, especially when your quarterback's a true sophomore, you know, and he's just now barely played a full season technically. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a firm believer that your quarterback has to play good, but he just has to play well enough to keep you in the game so that way you can win. And that's what he did, and, and the Bobcats end up pulling a victory out 22-18.
1: And he, like you said, he he wasn't exceptional. He did his thing. He, he facilitated the offense, gave Rob Lowe, who was consistent in this game, an average 5.4 yards per, per rushing attempt. And Rob Lowe was really the key to that offense. Um, as you saw it, the way I look at it, the defense doesn't get his due either. They were down 15-0, but they didn't allow a single point in the second half. The only points that Monroe scored were because of that safety. So they really bottled down and – Louisiana Monroe's offense as it was is already pretty limited and Texas State just took advantage of that took advantage of the momentum that the offense gave them and ran with it and the defense just bought them enough time for the offense to settle in and then the fourth quarter came and look look what she do uh, 15 points in the quarter Yeah,
0: definitely. And it's crazy because Bobcats lose time of possession. Monroe having the ball 33 uh, minutes, 47 seconds of the game to Texas State's 26 minutes, 13 seconds. Third down efficiency efficiency for the Bobcats, excuse me, three of 14. Not ideal. Monroe, 7 of 19. So, you know, they converted on third down. Total yards, Bobcats outgained uh, Texas State, 370. Monroe, th- um, 394. So, you know, you're, you're looking at the game. Penalties, 6 of 55. We talked about that. You know, discipline. I think the one thing that kept the Bobcats in the ball game, and, and a lot of people always talk about this, but it's true, is the turnover margin. Bobcats, 0. Monroe won. So, you know, if you want to look at anything on the statute, you look at that and you say, hey,
1: that turnover probably was the key difference in the game. And for a team like Lucy Monroe, who typically doesn't turn the ball over and typically dominates that, that's kind of the bedrock of what they are. Not making mistakes, forcing the other team to make mistakes, playing low-scoring games. This was a low-scoring game. Monroe had that going for him, and that's kind of the game that they excel in. But they just didn't make enough plays in their offense. As second half, they just didn't do anything. Uh, credit to the defense, but also Monroe's limited offense. Pete Thomas didn't do a lot of things. And Terius Donald, after that first uh, second quarter touchdown, non-existent. So this is a team that wasn't on Texas State's level, and they had they played a good to their credit two and a half quarters. But it just it just wasn't in the cards for them. Yeah, and I believe that if this game was in
0: San Marcos, it'd probably be a blowout, to be honest yeah. with you. I think in San Marcos, Texas State probably would have handled business against this Monroe team. You know, on paper, Texas State looked really well. Um, Texas State, 4-3, uh, and three helping my pick em record out. They're 4-3. Keeson taking his first loss, 6-1. and one. I had to change your heart there right before. I was like, you know what, I might go Monroe, but I changed it on the last episode. So, you know, thanks, Bobcat. Shout-out to you guys for, for helping me out there. Um, you know, and, and kind of put me on the spotlight there. And speaking of spotlight, let's talk about the spotlight players. Uh mine is simple for me. Uh Roblo. Once you get a Roblo gun, we've been saying this since last year. That guy is an every down, every down back, every down back and he is he he has to be the staple of that offense. I mean, seventeen carries, ninety one yards, five point four poor per average two touchdowns he had the one touchdown that Kiesem alluded to with 549 15 yard run it kept the Bobcats in the game because it's still a one possession game you're only down 15-7 then to be able to score the go-ahead touchdown there you have it so you know Rob Lowe being able to get there hopefully he can stay consistent hopefully his knee is feeling a little better and he can continually do this for
1: the Bobcats the rest of the season talk about obvious I'll go obvious as well David Mayo 22 career high tackles. He had a sack for a loss of eight yards. That that man was on the field sideline to sideline there was not a player that was not within his reach and he he had full command of the field he seems really comfortable on the offense uh Mike Arapo's not there he spiked to 17.3 tackles per game in the last four games um he's actually he's just setting records left and right and he's he's the man in the middle leading the defense leading the team and you see it the team is feeding off his energy and feeding off what he does and it's just from there it's it's looking really good you think he can get drafted I think he's NFL caliber, but it, at th- at the NFL level, I'm still not sure of whether he can you know, uh, match them physically, but he's definitely got the IQ, the acumen, and the ability to s- at least stay there for a little bit.
0: Yeah, and his ability to kind of replace a Rakbo, too. Uh, rackbo a really athletic guy, but him doing it his own way, uh, yeah, I agree. You know, Him getting drafted might be a stretch a little bit depending on how, what his combine numbers look like. Still a little bit undersized at the linebacker position, but he's played really well. Like I said, I think he's a frontrunner right now for... Defensive player of the year for the things that he has to do. And remember, people keep forgetting this is the first year under a new defensive coordinator. You know, you go from Navar, now you go to Thompson, and you're learning new things, and then your star player on defense. Now, granted, uh, uh, Mayo was a star himself, you know, being on a watch list and things like that. But replacing an athletic guy like Arakbo and now stepping up to the plate, doing really well and succeeding in Thompson's system, I think speaks volume of the IQ that David Mayo does have as a football player. Another thing that we love to talk about is numbers. Numbers, numbers, numbers. So we're going to go by the numbers. Um, for me, the first number is one. <laughs> first win on the road in the Sun Belt. Uh, it's about, about time. So uh, that's that's really key and crucial for the Bobcats. And I think that gives them confidence the rest of the way with uh, playing in a tough Sun Belt conference, um, you know, and, and just – for the rest of the season, I think it'll put them in a place where now they believe in themselves more than anything. Um, I think when you can get road wins, it does something to the team. Um, it does a lot for, does a lot for morale. It does a lot for togetherness. It does a lot for the team as a whole, knowing that they can go into places and, and win ball games. Uh, they're still gonna play at New Mexico State this next week. Um, a lot of people are going to think that that's an easy win. Maybe not so. It's still Sun Belt Conference. Then you're going to play uh, at Georgia State to uh, close the season and then out south Alabama, which is still to be determined the time of that game. So, um, you know, with, with three more road games, I think finally getting the win against Monroe finally gives Texas State some confidence knowing that they can get out of San Marcos and
1: win football games. My first number is uh 32. That was the Im- that was consecutive games that Louisiana Monroe had created turnover. It was it led the nation. Uh, 32 games is an incredible amount of games where they just c- continually created turnover. Texas State they kind of give away turnovers like cookies like candy. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it this time. They played well and they even as they were losing they still weren't making the kind of mental mistakes that really have plagued them this year. And that and that more than anything gave them an extra possession to you know take the lead at the end of the game
0: yeah that, i like the cookie candy reference apropos for halloween around the corner exactly. no trick-or-treating for monroe yeah that's crazy too 32 32 <laughs> straight 32 games that's straight three games. seasons that's, like, that's exactly. pretty much three seasons i mean that's going into the third season so that's ridiculous that's a, that's a really good stat um my my other number is two you know what follows after one is two some uh texas state's two games away from being bowl eligible now in my personal opinion i think they're gonna win they're gonna have to win eight games to make a bowl game seven will be a stretch but i think they got to win eight but two more two more two more wins away from being bowl eligible for two years in a row see you like that right there the two yeah. twos and then you know, simple I, is you know, i try i try simplicity is the way to go you know uh but two years in a row to be bowl eligible. That does say something about the program that they're getting there, that they're recruiting the athletes and, and they're, they're being able to win games when it matters. So uh, like I said, second number
1: two, I'll go with 22. That was the amount of tackles David Mayo had in the win. Um, He is the first player in some conference history. That's, history of the whole entire conference with two games of 20 tackles or more he also notched 20 tackles in the triple overtime win against Tulsa and this is a man possessed and he's just really taking really taking control of this defense and you see them like I said feeding off and for him to have 20 plus tackles in two games this year. He has 105 this season, which leads the country. He, as you said, front runner for defensive player of the of the year in the conference, and the sky's the limit. You expected him to be good because that's what he is. But the level he's achieved this year is just exceeded what you anyone could have expected. He is a monster to me. I, I just think he, he it's unreal. I don't like you see it, and he had I think he had 10 tackles in the first. 20 minutes of this game, and you're looking, as like he could put up 30. You're just like he – and you just take it for granted. You, when you're in the press box and you hear his name, it's like Mayo with a tackle, Mayo with a tackle, Mayo with a tackle. And you kind of just you, – you just look past it, and you go – you just assume at this point you assume that Mayo has his part in every single tackle. And that's – when you look at football, that's just incredible. Not many people can do that. And for him to, for him to step up in Maracbo's absence is really invaluable, uh, invaluable for this team.
0: I think another thing for Mayo is just the leadership displayed this year. You know, Fran talked about how um, they struggled in past years to really have that guy to kind of step up and be leaders. I remember two years ago, even in spring ball, he talked about that, how it was a struggle to find leadership. And now for Mayo to take the team aside during halftime and say, hey, you know what? We've been there. We've done that before. It's time. We can't keep making excuses. We need to start winning ballgames like that, I think, speaks volumes to not just what he's doing on, on the field, but off the field this becoming a better leader for the Bobcats
1: leadership key Rob, Rob Lowe told me uh post game that he leadership for him is the reason why this team was able to win this game was able to win the Tulsa game and in general seems more resilient and more able to pull out games like this and the the loss against Lafayette notwithstanding this team has shown some improvements and they seem more willing to, they're more self-aware this year, and they're able to look themselves in the mirror and say, "Hey, you know, we we're, we're a flawed team, but we understand that we're going to play in a lot of close games, and that we need to buckle down when the game matters most and take advantage." And that's their mantra this year. Um, they've succeeded. I, three of their wins this year have been l- by less than six points. That's indicative of how close they play. Um, and it it's not it's not going to change if they're going to win games and if they're going to be bowl eligible and go anywhere. They're going to have to really be comfortable winning those close games in the fourth quarter, those heartbreaker. Types games you have any final thoughts final thoughts you're looking at New Mexico but potentially five and three at least you should be this is a good spot to be after the whole national TV disaster you're finally in a you know a good position program wise at least for another week. Yeah, uh, for me it's again
0: David Mayo. We can't wear we can't wear his name out enough. Leads the nation 105 tackles, 15 tackles per game. I mean he's the man right now. He is he is doing the thing for for Texas State. Kind of leading them. Um, you know maybe he's going to be up for some national awards too as well. Uh, if the Bobcats can keep winning as well, I think the Bobcats like you said New Mexico State coming up that should be five and three. We'll obviously talk about that in our next episode and preview uh, the New Mexico State Lobos. Uh, If you have any questions, uh, leave it at the universitystar.com or you can tweet us at universitystar or at ustar underscore sports using the hashtag feel2fans. For sports editor Keyson Ramirez, I am Otis Evergar, and like I always tell you guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs)